Hi, welcome to the Mythical Magic Podcast. You're joined by me, David, and my co-host. Hey, I'm Jimmy. And we're here to talk about some interesting magic facts, interesting magic debates, and the happenings in the past week of magic community. Uh, first episode, we're going to actually get in touch with you guys and talk about our favorite sets, our favorite decks, and our favorite formats. How you doing today, Jimmy? I'm doing pretty good, you know. This is the first one. Feeling a little nervous, but you know, I mean, that's natural. Uh, no, there's no ner- there's no nervous. I mean... For you, but I'm a bag of nerves. That's not true. I'm doing great. Uh, so if you, well, since you're so nervous, uh, you can start. Oh, great! Thanks. Uh, <laughs> right. you know, well, I don't know. Well, I started playing uh, in Battle for Zendikar about five years ago, um, and I didn't know. Apparently, that set was hot garbage by most people's standards. But I fucking loved it. I didn't know anything about magic, and I thought, whoa, this is really cool. I drafted a couple times. Uh, I opened two uh, Gideon, the four-mana guy, and I was like, oh, my God, this is what magic is like all the time? This is amazing. Uh, little <laughs> did I know that uh, there were lottery cards in the packs that I never saw once, never, ever. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I could have been doing a lot better than I was. I don't think I won a single game of magic draft for the first six months um and i'm still not that great at it but you know you live and you learn <laughs> yeah uh funny story before we go any further uh i pulled because you're talking about the expedition land yeah right yeah i pulled through two total expeditions oh, must be nice and they're the, no because they were the same expedition i pulled two rugged prairies what is rugged prairie is that the uh it's the it's the boros filter land Ooh. Crap. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I yeah, mean, I pulled, they're probably still worth two. something, right? Yeah, but it feels bad to pull two of the same ones. It's like, oh, congratulations. You won the lottery for $3 each time, but whatever. <laughs> um, so for me, uh, I started playing Magic way back in Tempest. Um, uh, wasn't playing, was not playing anything competitive, wasn't going to any tournaments or even hobby shops, really. I was buying packs, playing on my kitchen table with my friends, and uh, I think like the first deck I ever built was Basilisk, green black ba- uh, Basilisk, and I thought it was the bee's knees. Let me tell you, I was like, you can't kill me if my creatures block and kill your creatures, or if they attack and they kill your creatures. This is the ultimate strategy. There's no losing. <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's always fun when you have friends that have different experiences in magic you know you started playing five years ago i started playing what like two decades ago and God, yet we'll so still get together and we'll still play and it'll 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 feel like there's no difference and that's that's always a fun thing about the game like you get you get people together from different walks of life and you're like oh sweet like i played five years ago and i have no idea what these cards are uh i played 20 years ago and these cards are trash no <laughs> uh but yeah so what so then my next question then is what's your favorite set? My favorite set of all time. Yeah. Uh, yes. I mean, I've only uh, played. Well, I'm sorry. Favorite expansion. Let's use that. That's word. fine. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've only started playing since Battle for Zendikar, like I said. So I mean, I don't have that many on my list. I think there's like only like maybe what like twelve or fifteen or something like that between now yeah, and then. Uh um, But honestly, I think the one that I had the most fun with was actually not even standard legal. It was uh, unstable. I bought. Mm-hmm. So much unstable. I played so many times. I actually built a cube out of unstable. Uh, so I play it whatever I want as long as I get six to eight friends. Um, although, you know, as you get older, that becomes a lot harder uh, to get six <laughs> people together at once. Uh, it's a really difficult thing nowadays. But I mean, I've always got it in my closet, so I'm always ready to jam in some unstable. Yeah, I liked un- I liked unstable. I like the contraption, the mechanic that they put out for it. It was. It was an interesting set. I, I kind of got because I played in I played in um, unhinged oh, or man, unglued. So jealous of that. Yeah, but I mean, I was much younger, and I just I don't know. It was fun back then, but then as like we got on, then when we got unhinged, I was like, uh, this is all right. And then they announced unstable, and I was like, eh, these joke sets only go so far for me. I mean, I think like but, unstable is way better than the other two because the other two weren't actually meant to be drafted together, right? Like they correct. were, they had cards in them, and you could technically shuffle them up and play them like magic card decks, but they were never really made to be drafted, right? No, I mean, if they were, they did a they did a suboptimal <laughs> in my opinion. But I mean, I know Mark Rosewater worked really hard to make unstable awesome, yes. 
Uh, yes. And he succeeded. Uh, and it showed. An insane I think it, I think it showed. The drafting experience for Unstable does feel like an actual environment, an actual format, where it's like, cool, like there's strategies, there's archetypes, there's really random crazy cards, but it's also, you know, it makes sense. Uh, so, yeah, no. I, I think Unstable was a big win for them, for the unsets. Uh, I hope they do another one, like an actual full set. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. I don't know about this. Uh, what is the new one that's coming Unse- out? Unhinged or something like uh, that? Uh, no, un- Unsanctioned. Unsanctioned. That one looks bad. Yeah. I don't, I'm not excited <laughs> about that at all. It's, got no, it's only got 15 new cards in it or something like that. It feels like they're yeah, just kind I'm of not... like rehashing it to get uh, to grab some money or something like that. I don't know. I'm not sure what they're planning on that. That one's we'll have to that see. kind of weird. Yeah. Um, my favorite set, because I like talking about my favorite set, uh, is Time Spiral. And no, not because it has like Termogorf and Horizon Canopy in it. Um, big fan, big fan of just like old cards and lore. And man, Time Spiral had all of it. We got nods to, you know, Kamal from Dominaria and Carosa. We got nods to, you know, his sister Jess- uh, Jessica, Phage, and Akroma. It was so much fun. The time shifted cards, the color shifted cards. It was such a fun car- uh, set to. To play in constructed, which was a little crazy at the time, but also to draft because you got these. Because at the end of it, if you didn't know, you had the pack with the fifteen cards in it. But at the end of it, the last card was a time shifted card. In every so pack. it was, yeah, in every pack. Oh, I did not know that. So it was, yeah. So you had your rare and you had a time shifted card, Ooh. and the time shifted card had a special rarity had special rarity on them, so they were purple symbols what? instead of uh, rare. Yeah, because there was no mythics back then. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So it was super fun to be like, all right, my rare is this, but my time-shifted card is this. So it was, it was just, oh, my goodness. It was so much fun. Did you have to announce them uh, like you do with, like, flip cards? No, no, no. They were just normal cards. Okay. They just, yeah. Um, I loved it. It was so much fun to play, you know. I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't very good in, in limited. Uh, limited. I wasn't very good in constructed then either. But, man, it. It was a feel-good time. It was just, you had all these cards. It was a huge set, and you just went to town. And uh, the other two sets in the block, uh, Future, Future Sight and Planar Chaos, did just the same thing. They had color-shifted cards, time-shifted cards. Oh, my God. The fu- I'm sorry, future-shifted cards. It was great. I loved it, and I would go back to that in a heartbeat. And I know Mark Rosewater kind of said, um, like, Dominaria and War of the Spark were like love letters to those sets to a certain degree. And it I see where he was coming from with it. I see what he was saying, but I guess you can't you can't ever go back to that. You can't ever relive it. Yeah, I mean it's magic. They're always growing, they're always changing. Yeah, it's you always gotta move, be moving forward, never look back kind of thing. Oh, they look back always. Especially well, I mean they look <laughs> back, but I mean they look back with like rose colored glasses. They're never like, Oh I yeah, mean, remember we're gonna reprint the exact same set that we did like six years ago. It's always kind of different. How many times can I make a Jace Planeswalker? <laughs> I mean, I, just... <laughs> I don't know. Luckily, we haven't seen one in a little while. No, oh, not since Sexy. No, there was something after Sexy. No, Jace. there was uh, War of the Spark Jace. Oh, oh, he's underwhelming. Lab Maniac Jace? I mean, you say that, but he's way more played than stupid Sexy Jace. Oh, yeah, but he's not sexy, so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> to you. Yeah, well, I'm don't sure. Don't get ashamed, I never. What? What's your um, what's your favorite format? Uh, I'd have to probably say modern. Although Pioneer is making a good running for it right now. Uh, there's just so much you can do. Um, I like modern because I like to play, uh, busted stuff. Um, I mean I'm not particularly good at Magic. Uh, my first, I, am have a losing record for sure. But mm-hmm. my favorite decks are like really out there they're like not traditional ways of playing magic like i love i like i like storm I'm building storm right now um i know a lot of people are gonna be like ooh boo but uh my other hold on to your hand to your uh to your head because i'm gonna bust it open with uh my other favorite deck is dredge mm-hmm. um <laughs> uh and when i first started playing modern i got into it with uh hollow one which is of course the ultimate random deck because you're always discarding at random and you're just you drawing cards off the top of your deck hoping to hit that hollow one so you can cast it for free uh but i mean and i think i played i played a little bit of legacy i played i played a single tournament of legacy uh but i came fourth that's not bad uh but i was playing hogak which is another card that people don't seem to like um i don't know i just like to be doing 
the most weird thing that you can possibly do. Like, I don't really want to cast uh, a scavenging goose for two or a tarmogoy for two. I'm like, yeah, that's cute. You have a two tool for two. Uh, I have this eight mana guy with trample that I didn't pay any <laughs> mana for. Uh, that because I got him out of my graveyard for free. Thanks. So you want to um, play? You want to play creatures for free, basically? I want to play creatures for free. I want to. I, uh, my favorite thing to do in Magic is uh, to sit across from my opponent and build this very intricate puzzle and then mm. kill them with it. Uh, and and I want to make sure that they have to sit there and watch me do it. So <laughs> nice, real, real, real mature. I remember about two weeks ago I played. Um, I was trying out Lotus Field combo in Pioneer, and the guy across from me was so pissed at the end of it. I mean, I felt bad for it because he's. Un- I felt a little bad because he felt so bad. But uh, at the end of the day, I found out that he was a Yu-Gi-Oh player, and I was like, oh, he deserves this. <laughs> No offense to Yu-Gi-Oh! Out wow. there, that game, if, if ever there was a game where it's just, I show you my hand, you show me your hand, and we decide, oh, you won, then that's the game for it. So, I don't want to hear anything from Yu-Gi-Oh! players that are like, oh, this is so you know, uninteractive. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks. You, Not to uh, alienate an entire section of the, popula- uh, the populace, but you, you know what? Yeah, well. You know what you did. <laughs> Yo, you, what about uh, you, Dave? What's uh, your favorite format? I love limited. I'm a limited man um, in many fa- in many ways. I love drafting the most. Uh, I love, I love you know, building a deck from nothing, taking a taking some random pile of cards, crafting something, some spicy brew, and then taking it to town in like three to plus rounds of Swiss. That's always been what I love to do. And I think, for me, that's kind of what I think Magic really is meant to be played. Constructed is great. Constructed makes perfect sense. You know, stacking your deck in a manner that sets up your win because this is the cards that I've chosen and I've crafted this kind of strategy. That's great. Don't get me wrong. But that imp- the improvisation that you get from drafting, I love it. It's, it's I mean, you got to know, like, I love pre-release, which is sealed, which is kind of, uh, but... <laughs> like drafting but it's like muted yeah it really is um but i love it you know i okay but i i know you said that your favorite set was time spiral but what is your favorite set to draft my favorite set to draft Ooh. uh so that's skewed because of what's going on right now the mystery the mystery set had just come out and yeah, that I know. you and i went to the first one in, yeah uh, we went to Ri- richmond yeah we went to richmond we went to richmond in november and we um we uh, played, oh my God, way too many. <laughs> we, <laughs> we were playing way, way too many. And not, 1,936 cards, the mystery set is. And oh God, I great. loved it. Yeah, I loved it. It's like a chaos draft, but it doesn't feel as chaotic. Um, there's not really archetypes to be played, but it just has a bunch of cards that fit overall well together. You know, there's a couple of strategies, but there wouldn't be like, a, there's not a really an elf deck or a goblin deck, but there's enough goblins and elves to build a goblin and an elf deck. So I was in all my glory. I mean, I know I went, I went pretty well with most of the pods that I was in. Yeah. Unlike me who, uh, <laughs> I play, I must've entered like about eight or nine of those drafts in the two days that we were there because I didn't win a single game <laughs> of limited, not a single match. A single game. I went 0-2 in every single uh, mystery booster draft that we did. It was, uh, man, it, I opened a lot of cards, and I opened a lot of good cards and very powerful and very expensive cards, uh, but I could not seem to beat any of my opponents, no matter what. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm not mad about it now, but at the time I was like, wow. Yeah, you were a little, you were a little upset. Fuck. <laughs> it, it was an interesting, because obviously every drafting, every draft format is different. You know, they talk about the limited environment. And the mystery packs, they had a very interesting environment. You know, I built oh, yeah. I built upwards of like eight to ten decks that day, that weekend. And I have to say, for the most part, no two decks were alike. Like, they felt alike. I mean, I played Simic on tap, literally on, Simic on tap. I had the Sigil Starfish, Kira's Followers. And I was just like, well, I'm just going to untap a bunch of stuff a bunch of times and hope I win. Yeah, I, th- I think I uh, caught one of those games, and you had like yeah. a 15-15 starfish. Yeah, I did. I played Vigor. nuts. I played Vigor, and I blocked my opponent, and I was like, cool, this starfish now gets a bunch of counters. 
Um, and then the last draft we did, I played literally mono green because I just was able to just draft that many on curve green cards. And I mean, I think I splashed blue technically, but um, I think for about three or four of my drafts, I tried to go five colors. I was like, I picked up all the fixing in the first two packs, mm. and then I just picked up every bananas card that I could in any color. Uh, and I mean, obviously it didn't work, but <laughs> I had a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think they hit it out of the park with mystery boosters. You know, I I actually got to meet a couple of designers there, and it was it was fun. And I oh yeah, I, they were so psyched to see the cards and play. oh my goodness, yeah, the the staff was psyched, the judges were psyched, the players were psyched, the the wizard staff that was on hand was psyched. It was honestly uh, one of the best experiences I've had playing Magic out and about. And I mean, I'm so stoked to try to do it one more time. Cause, yeah, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to schedule that trip. Oh god, yeah, that's a that's a pretty penny. <laughs> um, but speaking of decks that we can make, Jimmy, what's your favorite? What's your favorite deck you've ever played? Constructed deck. My favorite constructed deck. Uh, yeah. It has to be uh, a deck that I picked up from actually MTG Goldfish, another mm-hmm. Magic podcast. But uh, he made this Devil's deck in Oath of the Gatewatch Standard that I fell in love with. And I played for at least three months uh just jammed it every week at our local game store uh and people saw it and they saw how what it was doing and it just made a bunch of devils and paid pyramids goggles it had like a curve from one to, from literally first mana to i think five or six where it was just like i have the best thing that i could possibly be doing on every curve uh and it was very fluidic and it like oh, man i just made so many devils and people don't know how to handle them because, yeah, they're just 1-1s, one but when they block, they die and they deal damage to wherever the hell they want. So it's like, okay, cool. Well, you blocked my t- your 2-2s, my 1-1s with your 2-2s, uh, and then I killed your 2-2s with my 1-1s. And they're like, uh, it felt like damage on the stack almost. Mm. Um, I never played for damage on the stack personally, but I've heard stories about how broken it was. Uh, and it felt like nobody could really handle combat. Um, it just felt so good. And like, oh man, I wish I could go back. And then you put impact tremors in your deck, and then and they deal you damage coming in and going. And then people try to play cards that, oh man, there's like an enchantment that's like all tokens get minus one, minus one. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to put impact tremors in my deck. And then they enter the battlefield, they're going to deal you a damage, and then they're going to die, and then they're going to deal you a damage. So you just turn these all into burn spells. Thanks, man. And it's just, people did not know how to handle it. It was awesome. Oh, God, that's hilarious. I, I won a couple of local FNMs. Uh, and I tried to get somebody to take my deck to a Grand Prix because I wasn't that competitively into Magic at the time. Mm. But uh, they ended up judging instead. So I never mm. got to see how it did against a big crowd. Ah. But it was so fun. When you can take a, when you can take a, <clears throat> a brew like that and you can go the distance, that always feels good. Oh, it feels so good. That it always is, yeah. so good beating control decks. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Just oh. waiting for them to tap, like just waiting for them to tap out, and then being like, "Okay, cool, I make four devils," and they're like, "What? They're just one ones." <laughs> yeah, okay, and be like, "Yeah, okay." You're dead. <laughs> okay. You're so dead. You don't even know it yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's the dream. What about you, Dave? What's your favorite deck of all time? Oh, that's an easy one, and <clears throat> I barely have to think about that. That is Astro Slide. Um, uh, onslaught block going into uh, Mirrodin block uh, towards the end with Fifth Dawn finishing it up. After Ravager kind of got banned, it, it kind of had a resurgence. Ravager got banned? Ra- well, no, I'm sorry. Well, the Artifact Lands got ba- banned. Oh, okay. Disi- and Disciple got banned. So that kind of, that kind of, you know, put the deck back into <laughs> relevance. Um, I love... My favorite, my favorite keyword ability, beyond a shadow of a doubt, is cycling. And let me tell you, the, the, the ability to play Astro Slide and then play any cycling card I want, and then get an, an Eternal Witness, play the Eternal Witness, and then cycle it, exile it, have it come back in, <laughs> and then get a card from my graveyard that I just cycled, and just repeating that process is the dream. And like, and if you don't know, Astro Slide is a two colorless, one white enchantment. Whenever you, whenever you cycle a card, uh, exile a creature uh, from play, and then it comes back into play at the end of turn. So, you know, the deck was just like a combat trick because back then you could have damage on a stack too. You'd block with the creature, cycle it out, and it'd come back in and it had an ETB. You got the ETB again. 
But you could also cycle out your opponent's creatures and be like, oh, they're like, oh, I attack. And you're like, well, that's cool. Cycle a card, remove your big attacker from the field. Cool. Well, I guess I'll just, you know, not worry about that. Yeah, and then to so top it all, this deck is gone. yeah. And then, and then to top it all off, to top the the candy on this this already sweet ice cream cone. Um, there's a card in the, card in the corset at the time. It was Plow Under, three colorless and two green, and it was um, put two target lands on top of its owner's library. And let me tell you, Plow Undering somebody means you cancel the next two draws. So the next two draws are just a wash. And if they didn't already have the advantage, you would just sit there and you 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 could plow under lock somebody, you know, play Eternal Witness, Ugh. get the plow under back, uh, play the plow under, cycle the card, get the Eternal block, get the plow under back again. Oh my goodness, I would I would I was plowing people for days. Wow, that's so <laughs> gross, Dave. <laughs> oh my god, it was so much fun. I would that's say it was. I would say it was. <laughs> I would say it was close to like to high tier two. I don't think it was ever like real the main 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 um type of deck but it was so i i mean i went i went the distance a couple times in the local the locals i had so much fun i loved it it was everything i could have ever wanted (laughs) 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 it was it was everything i wanted and more and now i want it back i'm gonna go sleep it up again and just go play somebody on the street hey you want to you want to play magic it's always fun to to look back at where you were and then where you're you are now in magic yeah and being around for a lot of magic sets you can see the trends and see what cards are good and what cards are not uh and i've definitely gotten a lot better at uh, evaluating cards um like i've seen i've i used to try to spec on cards as they were coming out uh and i i remember i bought i must have bought like 40 or 50 um of the the new what is it called oh my god we're going to cut this part out of the podcast because I can't remember the name. It'll sound like I just got got on the first try. What is the card that, um, (laughs) the Nicol Bolas card where it's like, oh, the Planeswalker, when he enters the battlefield. uh, Dark Intimidations. Dark Intimidations. Dark Intimidations. I think it's Intimations. Oh, I don't think Intimations is a word. I mean, it's not a word, but that's definitely what it's called. Mm. And I don't know if you guys know what this card does. Uh, It's two, a blue, a black, a red. Uh, each opponent sacrifices a creature or a planeswalker and then discards a card. You return a creature or a planeswalker card from your graveyard to your hand, and then you draw a card. And then when if you cast a Bolas Planeswalker spell, uh, you exile Dark Intimations from your graveyard, and that planeswalker enters the battlefield with an additional loyalty counter on it. And so they were hinting hard that Bolas was coming back, and everybody knew it. Uh, so I bought up as many copies of this card as I could afford. I mean, they were only like 15, <laughs> 20 cents at a time. But I bought. I must have put about like ten or twenty bucks into Dark Intimations, uh, and then they made that card unplayable when they made <laughs> so that Nickel Bolas's ultimate was nowhere near his starting loyalty. I was just blown away. I was like, why? Why would they do this? And I, you know what? That's the day I stopped specking on cards. I was like, this is not. I'm not. I'm clearly not good enough at this. Uh, it's just a waste of money at this point. Uh, I don't know what I'm gonna do with all these Dark Intimations. If we ever enter, open a Patreon or something like that, or we start doing subs or something like that, and we have to give out sub gifts, it's going to be signed copies of Dark <laughs> Intimations from my personal collection because I don't know what to do with them. <laughs> and i got to get rid of them somehow. <laughs> so speaking speaking of um, specking cards, maybe not buying them, uh, as it's obvious to everybody, we have a new set right around the corner. Theros Beyond Death comes out at the end of January, January 24th, January 24th. Yeah, I'm psyched about this set. This is going to be my first set with gods in it. Oh, well. That's, well besides no. Amonkhet. These are the yeah. original gods. These they, are well, yeah. the OG gods, um, as far as I know, right? Yeah, well, for the most part. Well, God for the god creature type. Nothing existed before Theros with the god creature type. That's new. So let's talk about, let's talk about Theros, because it, if you're not excited about Theros I, and you play Magic, I'm concerned for your well-being. I <laughs> I have historically been a, a Debbie Downer, a Sour Sam, um, a No Fun Nancy with spoiler season because we get these cards and I'll look at them and I'll go, that's not good. And then the set will come out and I'll be like, that's not good. And then we'll draft it and I'll go, that's not good. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, the weekend will end and I'll be like, man, that set was a lot of fun. <laughs> But this time it's but this time it feels like I'm starting at the end already. I'm looking at these these spoilers and these reveals and I'm like 
there's like almost no cards I don't like. Now, don't get me wrong. There's some good cards. There's some bad cards. There's some cards that stand out. There's some cards that are like, oh, that doesn't really seem that impressive. But man, um, I mean, let's just start right at the right at the beginning. I gotta I gotta ask the five gods. So Heliad, Thassia, um, Erebos, Perforos, and uh, Nylia, the monocolored gods. What's your What's your favorite? And I don't mean. And we're gonna be real nice about this. Not constructive play. Not limited play. Just in general. What one is you like? Wow, I love that card. Uh, I would put the the art to Erebos Blackhearted on my wall. Mm. That card looks awesome. Like the the art from it looks yeah, amazing. The perspective that it gets. Okay. Oh yeah, with the crazy whip going up into the air like a spiral. Oh, so cool. Oh, that is. Oh, you're right. Yeah, it's his whip. Oh, I wish we got a, a whip of Erebos reprint. I mean, <laughs> we're not. We're not. It's too bro. It's too good. It's yeah. Too, you can't go. Like we said, you can't go back. You always have to be going forward. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I think Erebos, from our perspective, yeah, absolutely, you got me there. Um, uh, the one I'm most excited to play is. Mm. I don't know. Is White Tron a thing in modern? Because Heliod <laughs> would definitely fit into that somewhere, right? You oh, just yeah. go him into into Walking Ballista, like everybody's been saying. It's nothing new. I'm not breaking new ground, but it is definitely a cool combo. Oh yeah, no. I I mean I mean I like it because it's an enchantment, and I love enchantments. Enchantments is probably my second favorite creature uh, creature type. My second favorite type of card, uh, first being probably artifact. So, yeah, no, I'm always a big fan of anytime you have a low-costing enchantment and a creature, uh, a way of increasing power on the board. Yeah, no, Heliod, super sweet. They all they all feel pretty good, and I want to say that they all feel better than last time, minus Perforous, of course. I mean, yeah, but how much more broken than you get than Impact Tremors on, a, on an indestructible body? But, but, now, but now he's... I mean, he's got sneak attack on him. Yeah, I know. People are going crazy over this card. I mean, it's more, it's it's only for red creatures and artifact creatures, and it's three instead of one. But man, I mean, it's a sneak attack coming in through the standard environment, and you got to think that somebody is going to make like a big red deck and try to be like, well, I guess I'll just sneak in these red creatures. I mean, we have we have multicolored creatures that are red that are, could be relevant that you just throw out there, and you're like, well, I mean, the. The red uh, god, the red god from the boar god, yeah, the boar god from 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 Thron- in Dracuset, the flame law, that seven mana dragon that just yeah. like deals t- like seven damage when it has- no, it deals four to a target and then three to two different targets. It does like it does ten damage as it attacks. That card's <laughs> bananas. So I can't imagine maybe someone trying to brew that up. That'd be so that'd be something sweet to see. Um, yeah. So I think I'm excited about uh, Heliod and Perforos, and then obviously I'm always underwhelmed by the black card and the blue card because whatever i i mean whatever thassa is cool like she gets to exile and i love exiling stuff Dave, so. you keep saying it wrong it's thassa it's thassa thickia because she's no thick. don't be that guy i'm already it, just that. pronounce the card the way it's pronounced mm. Everybody, people get mad at you for for saying stuff like that um and then the green one is the green one she reduces creature costs yeah alex is gonna love a first commander deck and <laughs> yeah reduce creature costs yeah. Okay, but let's switch over to the Planeswalkers because they got some new Planeswalkers. Three of them. Uh, I think a lot. They're mostly underwhelming. I mean, people seem to hype about them, but uh, Elspeth, the Sun's Nemesis, she's two and two white for a five mana Planeswalker, and she's got only minuses. Yes. I mean, uh, and that, but she has uh, escape for four mana and two white. Uh, so for six mana total, and you have to exile four cards from your graveyard, you can bring her back to the field and she comes back at five loyalty again, which I guess is okay. Uh, but her minuses, they don't seem that great. Like you just make them, her minus one is up to two target creatures you control. Each get plus two, plus one until the end of the turn. A slight pump, who cares? Uh, her minus two is create two one ones. Uh, I guess that goes well with her first minus, but mm, again, not that big of a deal. Uh, I guess if you're doing like some sort of go wide strategy and then her final one is minus three, you gain five life. If you're trying to gain five life off this, you're probably already losing. <laughs> um, but I've watched a couple people do some... I've watched some streamers play some games where they had the cards proxied, uh, and they tried out Elspeth Sun's Champion, and she just did not seem that impressive, uh, especially because they're playing white weenie token decks with her, mm-hmm. and when she dies, there's no other cards in the graveyard, really, because you're playing token generators. So it's unless those token generators are in the graveyard, in which case you're probably already losing... 
she's not really coming back that fast. Like even at four, if she does, comes to four mana and then she dies the next turn, guarantee you don't have four other cards in the graveyard probably by that time. Yeah. Um, I think the purpose Unless your opponent's making you discard. I yeah. I I think the purpose. I think the purpose was to give a planeswalker an escape mechanic, to kind of show the 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 power. To put it at every game. level of the rarity yeah. scale. Um, and then I mean it's recursion on a planeswalker. Yeah, I know that sounds amazing, but <laughs> if she had like any better abilities, I'd be more psyched about it. Yeah, no, I understand. I it does seem underwhelming. It'll be interesting to see if she plays any role in like a beatdown deck or a weenie deck or like a zoo type deck, where all the minuses make a, like make sense or the even just the minus one. I mean, plus two plus one is good. Is it good enough on a four mana and a minus? I don't know. Um, when I saw her, I was excited from a design aspect of like, hey, we got a planeswalker with an alternate cast or an additional casting cost, and I was stoked for that. That that I was excited for. It's uh, nice that they're trying new things, but I mean, yeah. I feel like they just missed the mark on this one. Does I feel it, like if her one and her two had been swish, maybe so that it was minus two up to two target creatures get plus two plus one until the end of the turn, mm. and then the minus one was able to make two one ones. Uh, I feel like she'd be a lot more strong. I would have flooded like, the board. Even just that slight tweak. Okay. Yeah. I can uh, see that. What's the other planeswalker, Dave? So the other one, the next one is a very big fan favorite from a lore's perspective, is Ashok Nightmare Muse. She is three colorless, one blue, one black. She is plus one, create a two, three blue and black nightmare creature token with whenever this creature attacks or blocks, each opponent exiles the top two cards of their library. So that's a lot right there. So she's already coming in uh, five loyalty. And her plus one is kind of giving you a two, three blocker, which it's right it, to six. Yeah, so that that feels good right there. And then, obviously, the extra ability of it attacks or blocks. I like that it's attacks or blocks. A lot of times, it'll be one or the other. And I like that you get it on both triggers. So, you know, on defense, you're milling. And on, a, and on offense, you're milling. So that feels good. Her minus, her next is a minus three. You return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand. Then that player's exile cards from their hand. So in a cool, perfect world... Your opponent has no cards in hand, and you bounce their you bounce their one threat that they had, and then their threat's gone. Um, but as a minus three, uh, returning or something, you know, we had Jaces that did this, and when the Jaces did it, it was kind of the same deal where it was like, eh, like I can do this, but it's not that amazing. It's a one turn delay. I mean, what's nice is that you can do it to a god because uh, they're indestructible. Mm-hmm. So you can bounce them back to their hand, then they have to replay them. I don't know. It's better than i guess it doesn't feel better than destroy but i guess like utility wise it's slightly better right it i mean they're also exiling not discarding which is relevant especially in this set um but she's also five or i'm sorry they're also five because she is canonically not been confirmed to be a female or male I thought um, they confirmed that Ashiok has no gender. Right. So she's just, she's just, yeah, she's neither. She's just a they. He, she is whatever they want to call themselves. Exactly. <laughs> um, but, but they're five mana. So five mana is a lot. And when you're playing a five mana Planeswalker, we're just kind of under the understanding that if you're playing five mana for a Planeswalker, I don't know, that minus three is a little, little underwhelming for me. For me. But again, I, you know, not everyone, not everyone's cup of tea. Her ultimate is a minus seven. You may cast up to three faced up cards from your opponent uh, that your opponent owns from exile without paying their mana cost so right there her first two abilities are obviously playing into that um the bad part of this though is her minus three bounces a relevant creature but her ultimate her minus seven is what lets you play that creature so they're so she so really her ultimate goes from a minus seven to a minus ten because you have to get you have to get to ten for it to be relevant and so that's a I lot. see this playing. I see this mostly in homes of taking the role of like old Tefe- the big Teferi in mm. control in like Esper control decks, where they're probably not going to have to minus three because they're probably on turn four wipe your board, mm. and then they play this on turn five, and then they take up and make a two three that makes you exile some cards out of, off the top of your deck, uh, and then they only have to do it two for two turns, and then they can minus seven and take your best stuff out of your exile zone. It feels like they probably have it covered. Uh, so. You probably won't have to be minusing three that often, and if you are, you're probably already in a bit of trouble, or you're so far ahead that you're just like, let me just toy with my opponent a little bit more, and then I'll kill them. <laughs> oh yeah, because that that never that never backfires. Oh yeah, I mean that's <laughs> control classic control player. Let me play with my food a lot and then get it. 
Um, I'm underwhelmed about her. I'm actually more excited about Elspeth than I am with Ashiok. Oof. Um, which, I mean... I think you're wrong about that one, but that's okay. I, I think it's... Whatever. I mean, I don't normally play Control, and I'm not a big fan of Demir colors, so I mean, at least Demir on its own. So, I mean... I'm sure Ashiak will be interesting, but I think at five mana, even at the Mythic, even with five loyalty, I don't, unless some interesting control deck or kind of like extra strong synergy deck comes up with Exile Milling, I don't think it sees, I don't think it gets there. But it's a fun card. I'd like to put this one on the record and say that I think Ashiak is going to be way more played than Elspeth. Okay. Uh, And I think she's going to be at like at least 20 bucks for the entire lifetime that she's in standard. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. 20 bucks. I mean,. How do you, like okay? So how do you just beat a deck that is just Esper control that plays like Leyline of the Void uh, and just plays this and then has some Black Devotion stuff in it? Uh, and it's just like oh cool. Well, your entire anything that goes to your graveyard is gonna get exiled by Leyline of the Void. Uh, and then I get to pick when I eventually ultimate this card because I will ultimate this card. <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna take the best three things that you've lost over this game and I'm gonna put them on the battlefield and I'm gonna kill you with them. I didn't. Think I mean, it, I didn't think it like I didn't think about it like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're thinking too small, Dave. But I've already casted my lot with Elspeth, so I'm gonna stay strong. Okay. Well, <laughs> only time will tell. Yeah. Uh, gonna... <laughs> but there is one more planeswalker in this set. Yeah, uh, revealed just been, the other day. Yeah, he's been getting a lot of flack. It's a uh, Calix Destiny's Hand. Uh, he's two, a green and a white for a four mana planeswalker. Uh, Planeswalker type Calyx, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a new character, I think, to Magic, right? Yes. He's a Nyx. Uh, from and his... Oh, my God. The te- he has so much text on him. Uh, <laughs> he is a, has a plus one. That's a look at the top four cards of your library. You may reveal an enchantment card from among them and put it into your hand. Uh, and then you put the rest of them onto the bottom of your library in a random order. Minus three. Exile target creature or enchantment you don't control until target enchantment that you do control leaves the battlefield. So he's got, like, uh, turns one of your artifacts or enchantments into an O-ring? Uh, yeah, Banishing Light. Oh, it's only an enchantment that you control into an O-ring. So yeah, it's, it turns, it's yeah, it turns them into a Banishing, banishing Light, yep. which is interesting. Yeah. Because they also, didn't they just reprint that card? Uh, yeah. I think, I think it's did. in this set. <laughs> oh, wait. And then his minus seven is return all enchantment cards from your graveyard to the battlefield, which is very strong. I'm not sure that it's very strong in green-white alone. Hmm. I feel like that you have to pr- maybe branch out into blue or black for this. I, are there black enchantments that are really strong right now? I don't know. Mm, no, I don't. I wouldn't. I would say no. I mean, besides some of the new stuff we're getting. Yeah, um, I definitely don't think that you go Selesnya with this planeswalker. But uh, yeah, he just seems. I don't know. I like. I, I, I mean, Could I like be? the theme. I like the theme of it. I like the theme that he's you know all about the enchantments and a set that's all about enchantments. Um, Again, like you said, I'm not sure there's a home for him. The Banishing Light effect is normally really powerful and really helpful. It's great for removing stuff on the board. However, I'm not sure that's what we needed on a Planeswalker. Being able to do it multiple times is super interesting and super helpful. But... Mm. I kind of wish his plus one also could get you a land off the top in case you miss on enchantments because, yeah, I mean, how many live. enchantments do you have to be running in order for this to hit every time? Like, well, now remember, we have all those new enchantment creatures. So there's a lot. There's, 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 a, there's, a lo- there's a lot there. This is clearly the enchantment deck Planeswalker. Like, if you're going to be playing enchantments, you should try to figure out how to fit white and green to there. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, other than that, I don't really have much to say about him. I think he's probably fine in that kind of deck, but otherwise I'm not going to be... I don't think I'm going to be scrambling to pick mine up. No. I think in Limited, he'll be a really good bomb. Uh, oh, just yeah. Like, in Limited, he's going to be, he's gonna be yeah, nuts. He's going to yeah. be so psyched to be like, yeah, I could just pick up every enchantment yeah. and play super fun enchantment five color. Which is... Or three color. <laughs> I don't know. I go five color, but I mean, I'm a madman. Yeah. Uh, uh, just like Ashiok is a bomb in Limited. Um, oh, yeah. Anytime you have milling in Limited, it's always good. Oh, yeah. And a Planeswalker like that that creates a body you wouldn't even bother needing to minus or ultimate at that point you just care about the plus oneing, making those tokens for days yeah. i mean the, the oh yeah you just swarm the field with all those tokens and then yeah. you just like attack with like six of them and then yeah. mill t- 12 cards off the top of your opponent's yeah. library <laughs> you just, yeah. and you're like, like well, okay well you're probably decked out by now it's like well i blocked it's like that's cool i didn't need you to take the damage I yeah just... why don't you go ahead and draw off the top of no library <laughs> yeah um so yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little, little disappointed with Destiny's hand. Uh, 
I was hoping for a little something a little bit more, a little more flashy. But we did get some flash, and we did get some flash with uh, the inclusion of the new lore that the Titans that were put into Erebos's uh, underworld by the gods getting cards, which I believe we still have another Titan that hasn't been revealed yet. I want to say. Uh, you're talking about the Elder Giant Titans, right? The, yeah, like, yeah, Uro yeah. and Croxus. Yes. Croxa? Yes. Yeah. Yes. We got Those cards so are bananas looking. Right? I they can't seem... wait to play with uh, Growth Spiral on a stick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, Uro looks so cool. Yeah, Uro, Uro seems amazing. Uh, and again, it? his art is just awesome. Very, very. Yeah, I, even I can see that. Uh, Titans, so. of the De- Titans of the Death Hunger, I'm not too sure about. Um, so... So uh, Uro is, I mean, you got to know, is one colorless, one blue, one green. And he's a 6-6. Six, six, and when he enters the battlefield, you sacrifice it unless he was played using his escape, escape mechanic. When he enters the battlefield or attacks, you gain three life and you draw a card. Then you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield. His escape is double green, double blue, exile five other cards. So I think he's very aggressively cost for what he does. Um, he's netting you a card. He's ramping you. He's gaining life. Obviously, you're paying. I mean, if you think about it, you're paying four and five other cards. I think that's fair. I don't think he's too crazy costed. Whereas in his uh, his brother or sister uh, is one black, one red, six six. When it when it enters the battlefield, if it didn't escape, you sacrifice it. When it enters the battlefield or attacks, each opponent discards a card. Then each opponent who didn't discard a non land card this way loses three life, and it escapes for a double black and a double red, exiling five other cards. So in a vacuum, 100%, I think Oro is the one that wins this this fight. Um, however, don't underplay the the three damage. Bolting someone after they discard is amazing. Um, and he's in. Yeah. I mean, he's coming in. He's Isn't com- that lightning. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, I'm excited to see if these cards are standard playable. Off the top. Oh, of I my definitely head, think they will be. Off the top of my head, I don't know. Like, I, I don't. I would love for them to be standard playable. Okay, um, so they're at least gonna fit into the crazy five color. Uh, oh my god, what is his name? The dragon, the five color dragon. The five color dragon. Yeah, the one from uh, War of the Spark. Oh, Morphon. What's War of the Spark, Dave? I don't know. It's not Nickel Bolas, it's the other one. Niv Mizzet. Five color Niv Mizzet. He's going to oh. be. Oh. These guys are going to be all over five color Niv Mizzet. Oh, uh, I guess, yeah. They just add, give you so much value. Uh, and that's what all, that deck is all about. It's about get, just gaining incremental value and just being like, okay, well, I'm going to go the longest in this game. There's no way that you could possibly deal with me drawing four or five cards off this Niv Mizzet. Uh, and then I'm gonna make you discard a bunch of cards with this one, and then I'm gonna make, draw a bunch of cards and gain three life with, with this one. Like that, the the blue green one is just crazy. If he sits, if he enters the battlefield and then goes to your graveyard, you gain three life. You draw a card and you play a land, which sets you up to have enough mana to do his escape mechanic the next turn, mm-hmm. and then you gain three more life and draw another card and put another land on the play. And then if he attacks you, so if he attacks, then you've gained six life already. Yeah, that card seems unbeatable. Yeah. And then a the six mana six a six six for four uh, mana. And I mean the other one. I mean entering and attacking, hitting your opponent for three, and then them losing a card. I mean that's and they have to discard two cards. Oh, yeah. I mean it's a it's an auto it's just an automatic discard spell because you can you cast them on turn three, you put it in your graveyard, you get its effect, um, and then turn three you can follow up with something, and then in theory turn 4 you could you could have that much in your graveyard you probably won't it probably won't see play it probably won't probably won't be coming in on turn 4 it probably won't be hitting on curve um Yet. but it's definitely interesting we'll figure it out. yeah ah. yeah i'm i'm excited for the titans and i i'd like to think that there's another one i would like to think that there are at least three more i mean i don't i don't know if they would hold them to the very end of the set maybe they are Maybe they're just really bananas, and they're like, yeah, we're going to hold them to the very last second, and we're going to slam them on you, and people are going to be psyched. But I don't know. They usually hold – they usually, on the last day of spoilers, they just put out a bunch of commons. Yeah. I don't know. I, you know, I could, I could sit here and tell you that there's just so many of the rares, so many of the mythics. Well, minus one mythic. But, like, there's so many – there's so many <laughs> I don't like. Fine, I don't like uh, Kira best the sea god. 
I'm not a fan of that card, that mythic. I can't. Really? I think that card's awesome. Uh, five the seven mana enchantment, yeah, that saga? Five, five colorless, two blue. Uh, it's a saga. Uh, first first trigger, create an 8-8 blue kraken token with hexproof. Uh, second trigger, tap all non-land permanents, target opponent controls. They don't tap during the next one controls on tap step. And then finally, uh, the third one is gain control of target permanent pro- opponent controls on tap it. I'm not saying it's a bad card. I'm not saying like it's not good and it doesn't do something relevant. I don't like it being a mythic. I think it could have been a rare, but whatever. I mean, what do I know? Uh, I think that has to be a mythic because like, can you imagine how many games this card is going to end? Like, how many games of limited this card is going to end? Just I mean, like end an eight-eight with hexproof. Oh, how well, are, but it's how's anybody we're going to stop that? I mean, yeah, well, just one. Oh, we can't target it. Shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it taps down your opponent for two turns. Uh, and then you gain control of something that your opponent controls. Whatever. Can you imagine try, like being able to blink this after making that that kraken? And then you're just like, cool. I, on my turn two, it, I tap all your stuff down. I blink this card. I make another kraken. And then I tap you down again next turn. That and seems, there's just absolutely nothing you can do about this card. That seems unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, that card seems great. Seems 100% rude. Uh, the other card, the only other card that I think I'm like really psyched to like. Not like personally, but just to watch what people do with it mm-hmm. is uh, Nightmare Shepherd. It's a uh, two and two black for an enchantment creature demon, uh, and he has flying, which is not the important part. Uh, he's a four four. Uh, whenever another non-token creature you control dies, you can exile that creature from your graveyard, and if you do, uh, you create a token copy of that creature, except it's a one one, uh, and it's a nightmare in addition to its other types. So it's basically like a death pan harmonica. It's not a death pan harmonica. It's a a recurs your po- your creature kind of thing, and it's just like if you play a commander deck with like that, uh, with Yarrick as your commander, with Pain Armonicon in the deck, and this guy, like you're just enter all the into the battlefield abilities. <laughs> Dave, you could you could mold drifter so many times. Dave. <laughs> I do love to cast mold drifter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. Um, yeah, there. Well, I mean, you just I mean you just summed it up in a nutshell. There's so many commons on commons rares and mythics that feel that feel good i mean i'm not i'm everyone isn't going to make waves in standard or modern or pioneer but they all feel like wow like this could do something this is an interesting ability this creature doesn't feel like total garbage um commander gets a ton of cards commander gets some new commanders i mean I'm excited about it. I think yeah, there are so many legendary creatures in the set. Oh my, yeah. I mean, there's so many. I mean, there's the new Eidolon that taxes Planeswalker. That's something that we don't really get. There's um, the demigods. Those are all cool. Yeah. No. No. I'm. I've. I've not been this stoked about a, a set during previous season. This. This often. Uh, before. So. so yeah, yeah. I think the last couple of sets I was. I was. I don't know. It's kind of out on the last couple of sets. Like I definitely wasn't like excited about Corset 2020 no. with all the elementals and stuff like that. I was like, yeah, they're cool, but I mean, it's like, whatever. Uh, even Throne of Eldraine. Throne of Eldraine was cool, uh, but Standard was so bad that I was just like, I don't care about this set anymore. Uh, yeah. It's just all else all the time. Yeah, was, we had some bleh. fun. We had some fun playing the pre-releases, but then after that, it was a sharp decline down <laughs> yeah usually we play we try to play as many pre-releases as we can uh, yeah i think the we skipped out on the last couple because we were like Pass. on the last day we were just like oh, i'd rather be doing something else than playing yeah. than spending 30 dollars to play <laughs> elk tribal or yeah or just night tribal with, i mean yeah. how many times can you cast trip bucket on people yeah that was that was a rough one definitely yeah. i don't think the set is bad by any means or any you know any virtue but this one seems like limited play will have a lot more options. feels like red is a, vi- a viable color, green's viable, black is viable. Even white doesn't seem that bad. And normally white and at is... At the very least, you get those sweet, sweet basic lands. Oh, right. The lands. The lands yeah. that I don't so actually like. You don't? <laughs> I don't actually like these lands. Uh, well, you might be the only one, Dave, because they're I'm, really sweet. I, I, so listen... I'm not saying that they're not pretty, they're not cool, but I don't want to play these lands particularly. Like, maybe I will if I, I guess if I get enough of them, I will. I mean, I know, I know that you have an affinity for, what is your favorite land type, your favorite land right. from which set? Um, oh, Mirage. 
So you have an affinity for Mirage Lands. I love Mirage uh, You lands. know that I have unstable lands, obviously. Yeah, it must They're be nice. the, the, the prettiest lands. Oh, God, I have so many of them. Uh, and I'm always looking for more. So if anybody's out there <laughs> and they want to send me their, their unstable lands, feel free. Um, but, I mean, I'm probably going to have to pick up a set of these for draft. Like, they're so cool. I mean, I'll, I guess I'll do it, too, whenever. <laughs> you don't have to do it on my um, because of me, but... I will. But if you want to pick up a set and you want to give them to me, you no, feel that's free. Not, that's not gonna happen. Uh, <laughs> they're fine. I they're they're cool. Like they're pretty. Like I, I like that they're constantly trying new things with basic lands. Like, because I mean, it's base. They're basic lands. Like what the hell? Yeah. You know, whatever. They're basically fine. free space. Whatever. Yes. Whatever. They're cool. I concede. I don't concede. They're stupid. <laughs> okay, but the one last thing that I think we can all agree on is with the turn of Field of Ruin, mm. please unban Field of the Dead. <laughs> you're not, no, you're not getting that back. Please, 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 Wizards. No, I, have no. been, I have been a good boy. I deserve to have it back. I want that card back. I've... You're not getting it back. Uh, I know. I don't think you're but I have to ask. If you I, don't ask, you, can't, you won't get it. I think if, you're gonna, if it was getting unbanned, it would, it would happen now, and I don't think it's happening now. I don't think so. Yeah. We saw it with, like, Ferocidon. They just don't unban things if they ban them, <laughs> even if it's definitely not a problem. Dude, it literally doesn't matter anymore, and no one wants to play it. <laughs> They're like, uh, no, you can't have it they, back. Yeah, and they unbanned it in the last three months. They're like, you could have it back. It's like, <laughs> it's like thanks, too, I guess. It's too late. With it. <laughs> it's too late. Uh, I don't know. I, I love... I love I love the new set. I love what we're getting. I'm excited about this year of Magic. Um, there's so much coming up and, you know, we'll get, we'll do that. We'll talk about that, but you know, it's a good time to be playing, you know, for all the, for all the negative things you can think about the game. There's a lot of good stuff happening. Magic this year is going to be real interesting and I'm stoked as all get out. There's a ton of cards we didn't mention, Jimmy, and I would love to hear what everyone else's favorite cards are from the new Theros. Yeah, they're, they, so far as, as of recording, they've released 211 of them. So there are plenty out there to choose from. Yeah, there's there's more than a handful left. So, you know, let us know. Let us know what your new favorite card from Theros Beyond Death is. Let us know what your favorite deck, your favorite format, and when you started playing Magic. Because, like I said, everybody's different. Everyone gets a different different shot at this game, different take on it. And most importantly, let me know how wrong Dave is about Elspeth. I'm not. She's... She, she it's be, fine. Don't she, worry about it. She best. Anyway, she best I think that's going to wrap it up for this week. Uh, we're going to come back next week, bigger, stronger, badder, with more stuff to talk about. Every week's a new week. I'm excited. I am too. Okay. Uh, again, I'm Jimmy. I'm David. And this has been Mythical, Mythical Magic. Magic.